This show has explicit language and probably has mature themes. Hey, John, will you give us that intro lick? Explanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. I look some stuff up on Wikipedia, watch some YouTubes about it, and I'm going to explain it to my friend David Gerondale. David, happy late, late birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I joined the Dirty 30 Club. Joined the you Dirty 30. Yep. You're getting old. Yeah. Not as old as you, you old fuck. <laughs> but yeah, I am getting older. I was going to be senior to, senior to you. You're always like a little brother to me. I got to protect you. Yeah, if you try to give me another nogi. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I tried so hard to give you a nogi. What yeah, happened? It's not the first time either. <laughs> I get really drunk and I just want to give you a nogi. <laughs> yeah. Almost dropped an expensive piece of glassware. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I'm glad to join the club. What are we going to learn about? Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> also, I want to talk about how uh, one of our friends' listeners reached out and told us about the brainstorm green needle thing. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesse, he's over here for yep. your birthday. Yeah. And I haven't told, seen him in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, we're all school been a, buddies. It's been a long minute. And he listens, and I love you, Jesse. He's listened to all of our episodes. All of them. He went back. That's an endeavor. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's That's like it's a, pretty impressive, actually. Thank you. And they, they, you know, as you go back, they don't always maintain the same quality. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, told us about uh, the brainstorm green needle thing. It's kind of like the Yanni Laurel yes, thing. Yes, but kind of cooler. Way cooler, actually. Because... What it is is it's like a little toy for like a board game or something, and That's it's a it video be, of yeah. it, and like you play the single sound, but whether whichever one you have in your head before it comes in, brainstorm or green needle is what you will hear. Yep. Like, and you can actually do it randomly. You're. Like, I, I went over weird. to my parents' house. Go look house. it up. Brainstorm Green Needle on YouTube. Yeah, definitely look it up. It's really fun. And just try, like, different patterns to convince yourself that the video can't be tricking you. Like, it's literally happening in your head. So I went over to my parents' house um, to celebrate my birthday um, a few days after it. Mm-hmm. And um, I showed them that video. And my brother pointed out that if you try, you can actually get it to say things like um, Brain Needle really? or Green Storm. Yep, absolutely. Wow. I mean, you, you have to think those things. You have to think those things, um, and it will. You can get it to say that. So yeah, that's kind of the same thing we were talking about in the dress and Yanni and Laurel. Is like your perception kind of just means a lot. But in those yeah, cases, don't trust your senses. Don't trust you, your senses. You write them as much as you Experience. receive them. You receive yeah, them, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I just moved into my new house. That's true. Congrats. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, not only that, you moved in with your girlfriend. Yep. She's awesome. Pretty big stuff. And step. I'm happy about Yeah. It's the first time I ever lived with a significant other. And I'm excited about it. Um, Get ready to be the best roommate you've ever been before. I know, right? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You're going to learn so many new things about each other. And some of them are going to be like really like, aw. And some of them are going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess, okay, this is my new life. um yeah now you can ask me what the episode is what's the new episode we're gonna be learning about alex the parrot have you ever heard about alex the parrot none of these guys had heard about Uh, alex okay i'm gonna delay judgment on that i may have heard of alex the parrot but it's not it sounds vaguely familiar right now i think you have let's start with a wikipedia quote alex was a gray parrot and the subject of a 30-year experiment by animal psychologist Irene Pepperberg. Still doesn't... Uh, okay, so before that's her... That's cool, though. Yeah. Like, before her work with Alex, people basically thought that in order to have, like... In order to be able to handle complex problems, you needed to have, like, a large primate brain or a dolphin brain. Oh. But because of what she did with Alex, people started to think that, like birds could actually use reason or syntax 
stuff like that. Like people thought that they basically only mimicked stuff. Okay, and, and when, like when, when when was she working with him? Um, she, uh, Alex was only a year old, and, and Alex is a male parrot. You ma- said male African gray. Okay, and he was born in '76, and so it would have been '77 when she started working with him. Gotcha. Okay, um, that's later than I would have imagined. Yeah, I mean, and nowadays I feel like we take it for granted that parrots are obviously very intelligent. Mm, yeah, exactly, and. Uh, like, but, and she also like reported, speaking of the intelligence, that in some aspects he seemed to show the intelligence of a five year old. Okay. Like human baby. <laughs> I was, those, a <laughs> human baby, a human larva. <laughs> <laughs> those comparisons I kind of always They're take with always a grain dumb, of salt. Yeah. Because like, we have different functions. Yeah, exactly. We just have a vastly different form of, 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 well, like cerebral cause. structure, yeah, and well, and yeah, their brain is the size of a walnut. Like, how are we going to expect them to do the same shit that a five year old is going to be doing? Yeah, exactly. And so you can talk about like different aspects of intelligence of a five year old, but to throw them all at a single African gray and to lump them into the same category is right. kind of dumb. It kind of exactly. It kind of implies that if you were to take all tests, they would they would produce like they would both. Uh, perform the same amount on all tests, and that just is unrealistic. The parrot would do better on some things, yeah. and the five-year-old would do way better on some things. She also said that he could perform emotionally on the level of a two-year-old. Okay, but you know, I don't know. See, um, and then again, like I, I think <laughs> yeah, that like that's hard to quantify. I think like an adult parrot probably has a somewhat better grasp of empathy than a two-year-old, which has virtually no grasp of empathy and is basically just a selfish, a completely selfish entity. And I don't Mm. mean that in the, like the bad regard, like it's bad for adults. It's bad for adults to be overly (laughs) selfish. It's a survival necessity for a toddler to be selfish. It would not serve them at all to have a lot of empathy or reason because what the hell would they do with that? They have nothing to offer you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They need you. Um, so yeah, Irene, she, uh, was studying to get her PhD in like chemistry, but like computational chemistry. Oh, okay. Way um, off from. Yeah, way off. Parrots. Um, but she saw a Nova documentary on chimps using sign language and dolphin studies. <laughs> <laughs> dolphin studies. Hopefully she saw different ones than the one we've talked about. I actually, uh, it was never specified in any of the stuff I looked at, but I probably think she was definitely talking about the Dolphin House experiment because that was happening, like pretty much right before, and was like on the top. Oh, she probably shit. Had heard it probably about was it, that and, then, and it probably she was might not that. have heard the whole, the whole, all the yeah. hand jobs and everything. Yeah, the, no. all the hand jibbers <laughs> that were being thrown out, but. Uh, yeah. Okay. And she thought, um, like, I'm gonna do this. She's like, fuck with chemistry. birds. Um, yeah, I actually have a, a quote from her about this. She said, what was going to take me seven years to do computational mathematical modeling? As computers got better, it was probably going to take a computer, you know, seven, I thought seven hours, probably seven nanoseconds now. I stopped being interested and was thinking, where am I heading? So I'm watching these Nova programs on animal-human communication, on signing chimps, on working with whales, and the dolphin studies. And I think back to my own birds. They would talk to me. Why isn't anybody doing this with parrots? Parrots can talk. Wow. So this wasn't like she was actually really thinking about her future when this came along. Absolutely. And that's that like that's so far sighted to realize where computers were headed in 76 to be like, wow, my job will be obsolete. Like in seven years in in, the 70s. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's very. Yeah, that's an incredible amount of foresight. Yep. Um, And so, yeah, she told her. Uh, advisors that she wanted to switch it up from chemistry, start working with parrots doing language studies. And they're like, nah, that's stupid. And so she ended up actually finishing her PhD in chemistry and reading all she could on animal behavior studies. Like she said, she did like 40 hours. Yeah. Like in the meantime, basically, but not really the meantime because she was like working 40 hours a week on her PhD and also basically reading 40 hours a week on like, animal communication and stuff like that Jeez, that's that's or at least that's how she a lot of dedication it. yeah man and i mean fuck her professors 
Yeah, exactly. Like, why, I know why that, does shit well, Okay, I'm sure that also, they thought that they were doing the best for her, but that's so condescending. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. condescending to believe, like, oh, this is just a stupid whim of a young person. Or, yeah, or, like, she couldn't She's keep it objective or scientific. Yeah, exactly. She's obviously highly intelligent. Yeah. Why wouldn't... Yeah. It sucks when, when people in a position of authority who are older just assume... That they naturally know more. Yeah. Simply because they're older and in a position of authority. I see that a lot as a young person, and it does yeah. it does kind of grind my gears sometimes. It grinds mine. Um, so she nonetheless went out, like, after getting her PhD in chemistry, she went out uh, to a Chicago pet store and bought Alex when he was one year old. Okay. Um, there were, like, eight African greys in just, like, this cage. And she told the, actually, I have a quote instead of just telling you what happened. I had the fellow working with the birds pick one because I didn't want anybody to argue that there was anything special. And he just scooped one up in a butterfly net, trimmed his beak, his wings, and his toenails, put them in a little box, and said, here, $100, please. Whoa. And then after that is when she started trying to get grants. Like, a bunch of her story is actually just about her trying to get grants. Like, that's basically all she was doing her entire like, 30 years with Alex. Okay. Was just, like, trying to get money for funding to, like... Grant writing, from what I understand... Grant writing is... is an incredibly tedious process yep. and very unrewarding most of the time. And talking to, like, CEOs of different companies. And, like, she talks a lot about it because that encompasses encompassed a lot of her time. I bet. Um, I mean, that encompasses... That's, like, that's most of what weighs on a lot of science teams, like, unless you're already associated with some major corporation, grant writing and grant funding is what occupies a, a large amount, I think, of, of the anxiety of scientists. Yeah. Um, when Getting she, money. When she first wrote, when she wrote her, like, first round of grant, uh, like, questionnaires, I don't know what they're called, like, grant requests, um, some of them were, like... I think it's, like, a submission. Submission, yeah. Some of them... She says, there were reviews asking me what I was smoking. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not a positive feedback. <laughs> no. Um, and so, but she already had Alex. She was, like, writing up the grants. And when she finally got accepted, she thought that she could tell that one of the people on the board was a bird person oh. who understood, like, bird song, which I think should be an episode. Bird song, Actually, yes, bird yes. song is There's so cool. Specific like, species too that we can talk about. In that yeah, like because like basically like half of birds can produce bird song, and like there's like the whole thing called like the spherinx instead of the larynx. Yep. And it, like anyway, yeah, we'll do that another. Yeah, time. yeah. There's is way more complex than ours. It's, it's yeah, cool. we'll do that another time. Um, so let's talk about training Alex. Okay. Yeah. They used uh, what was they actually created the mode rival technique or sorry, the model rival technique. Okay. So they created the model rival technique. And that okay. involves two trainers, one to give instructions and one to model the correct and incorrect responses. Oh my goodness. And to act as the student's rival for the trainer's attention. That's such an amazing notion. Yeah. I love that idea. That's how they trained Alex. That feels like one of those ideas that like once, once you've heard it, you're like, holy shit, how have I not already thought of that? Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, that applies to so many types of situations. That's not just birds. You could do no, that no, no. with a lot of things. Well, actually, um, even people. Even though we're getting ahead of ourselves, the mode rival technique has been modified and used for helping children model with autism. Rival. Model rival, right? Thank you. Yeah. I can't read. The model rival technique has been like used with children with autism and stuff. Okay. As like a way for like specifically kids who have a hard time like understanding speech. Like, okay. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, it's been used for that, and like that's that so was cool. modeled after the work with her parents, and that's actually one of the things she really steps into about like, okay, it's just a parrot. Like, why give me funding? Because like I said, she's always working on getting funding. Right. Um, but then that's also so with cool. the model rival technique, they switch the place of who's the trainer and who's the model. The I keep saying model. Um, no, yay, model's right. 
Oh, rival. The rival. Yeah. But they're a model and a rival. Yeah, yeah. They they model the behavior the and they're also the rival. Yeah, they for switch attention. and then they switch who's the trainer and who's the rival to show that the process works no matter who is doing it. I see. Um so it's not just like a one person one response like Anybody, they're, anybody, they're it's a rule that exists rule amongst that exists. our entire society. Yeah. Like any human you interact with, this is the rule. Mm-hmm. And uh, y- using the model ri- rival technique, Alex could identify objects by color, shape, number, and material at about the level of chimpanzees and dolphins with wow. a walnut-sized brain. Wow. Can I bring up one thing that's been I, I keep thinking of every time we bring up the size of its brain? Mm. One thing that it's a. Are you t- going to talk about like body mass? Yes, I, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Mm. I, are you, did you plan on bringing that up earlier? Or no, later? Uh-uh. hit me with it. I, I was just going to say that like yeah, it, it might have a walnut sized brain, but like, um, and and then a lot of people will be like think of like what other, what other things have walnut sized brains that I know of, and a lot of people will go to like dinosaurs, like Stegosaurus and stuff like that. Mm. But the difference is that. When you and it's why elephants are very intelligent, but they're not like more intelligent than humans, despite having much, much larger Larger. brains than us. Their bodies are massive and you need so and and that means they have way more cells than us. If if an elephant is 100 times more massive than us, which it's not, but I'm just hypothetically, Mm. then it needs 100 times more cells. That's how that works. And so that means you need more neurons to run the functions of those cells in a central nervous system. So a parrot needs much less neural mass in, in order, order to, to operate handle, its body. Yeah. So it has more left over proportionally um, for handling other processes. Like cognition. Yeah. And so there's nothing to suspect that just because your animal – I say your animal because I, a lot of people have animals in their homes. Just because your animal might have a small brain – doesn't mean that it doesn't have a lot of area given over to cognition compared to its size. Mm. All right, let's talk about some of Alex's accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like the shit he did. Um, so Pepperberg didn't claim that he could use language and said said that he used a two-way communication code. Okay. So like she was she was actually really like well to be like, look, this is scientific. I'm not saying that like anything really like I'm just showing you what happens. Yeah. Basically. Props to her because most scientists in her position would usually make their work seem as flowery and positive as possible because they put so much work into it. They're so mm. invested in getting funds that sometimes scientists lose sight of the truth. Well, and honestly, I kind of like had to like, I, cause I watched a bunch of stuff with her in it and like her and Alex and I had to be like, okay, yeah, she is getting funds because, but also she talks a lot about when he fails. Okay. And a lot of the times Good. when he fails was when they made a discovery or like, but then sometimes when they make a discovery, they like throw some conjecture in there that I'm not comfortable with. Okay. Or but like, with, with but basically, I think a little bit of conjecture is worthwhile. Whereas in other scientific communities that might not be good. I think with animal cognition, we need to start giving them the benefit of the doubt as often as possible and then work backwards. With okay. most of science, I can dig it. with most of science, we assume as little as possible and work upwards in complexity. But with animal cognition, I think the moral and ethical stance is to work backwards and assume as much cognition and intelligence as you can possibly to a degree, right? Or no. As as you can derive from their behavior. And okay. I mean that yeah. scientifically. Like you like don't like anthropomorphizing start... things does not qualify as as what I'm talking about. Looking at a worm do something and being like, oh look, it's cute. And it it like it knows that it's in love. Yeah. Like, no, worms don't fall in love. That's just like <laughs> that's kind of outside the bond bo- uh the, the bounds of what their neural They're structure married, is capable under of. Under God's grace. Yeah, exactly. And Cross so like, yourself. <laughs> anthropomorphizing <laughs> is is totally different, but we should be generous, I yeah. think. It's the ethical stance in my mind. I agree with that. Yeah, sorry. You were saying that they, they did show a little bit of conjecture sometimes when they were talking about oh, his yeah, accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I wanted to just kind of like distance myself from all these accomplishments and the conclusions from the accomplish- accomplishments <laughs> because uh, I'm not certain that everything that he did means what they say it meant. Gotcha. Um, 
But yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, it'll be cool to talk about what they thought, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if we don't agree. Yeah. And I do agree with a lot of it. I'm just, like, not as on full bore because I didn't spend 30 years doing that thing. Right, right. Um, so when she was listing Alex's accomplishments in 1999, Pepperberg said she could identify 50 different objects and recognize quantities up to six. Later when he died, she said eight. Um, that he could distinguish seven colors and five shapes. And when they were doing the shapes, what her question would be would be how many corners or because um, then he would like count the corners. And so like for a triangle, he would say three. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense because that's a much easier concept to grasp than shape, which is much more abstract. Or like for a spheroid football type thing, shape that ends in two sharp corners, like... Right, like, like an with oval, oval with points. On, yeah, with oval with points, that's two. Okay. Um, she also said he could understand the concepts of bigger, smaller, same, different, and was learning over and under. Okay. On some level, I think they've tested, like, infants of really, d- like, traditionally dumb animals like chickens and, and shown that they can they can count a small amount and know the difference between bigger and larger sum or sorry, larger and smaller sums. Yeah. Some of that is kind of uh, reading contextual cues from the, from the trainer. Oh, okay. Themselves. Like there was this horse named clever Hans who uh, was reportedly able to tap out. He could tap like numbers and like do math equations. And it was a hoax because yeah, the trainer would just do these subtle movements that taught the horse what to do. And so, like, that's actually been a thing that's, like, always followed Pepperberg in her work is, like, Clever Hans and some other stuff. But anyway. um, An animal can understand what you want it to do without understanding why, basically. And the why is what we're looking for, Mm. that they understand. Um, So, like, yeah, like, uh, she... They tried to show, or did show, whichever you want to believe, that he could understand categories. Like, you could show him three keys and be like, what matter? And then he'd be like, key. Or what toy? Key. And then be like, what's the difference? And if they were all the same color but were made of different material, he would say, uh, matter. And then he could tell which... Uh, like which key was made of wood, which key was made of plastic, which key was made of that. Okay, so if you, so um, for instance, if you gave him three plastic keys, but one of them <clears throat> is red, and one of them is like I, I don't know a weird different shape, he can yeah. tell you that what they do have in common is the matter. Yep, and if they were all the same, or usually like when I saw it done, it was done with two like two objects unless they were like on a plate, especially with like keys and toys. They're usually done in twos, but like they were exactly the same. He'd be like, none. Oh, there's no difference here. Um, and actually one time, um, he was looking in a mirror. The first time he was looking in a mirror, he said, what color and learned gray after being told gray six times. Whoa. Yeah. This made him the first and only non-human to have ever asked a question. Whoa! Yeah, because as you know, like yeah, apes, apes don't, it. apes have never asked a question. No, like no, no, no monkey or primate has ever asked a question. And we can't communicate vocally with dolphins. Yeah, not well, at least no. not on any deeper level where they could actually no. ask us questions. Hand jobs aside, we still don't know what they yeah really want because they won't ask us. Yep. <laughs> Probably less noise. I've yeah. heard that the oceans are getting really noisy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got a quote from her about Good it. Plasticky. She says, the first time one of the students took him into the washroom with her because she was afraid to leave him for fear he would break a coffee cup or, you know, whatever. Because they were talking about how he learned sorry. Oh. We'll probably get to that later, maybe. Um, and so there's a shelf in front of the mirror, and she puts him there. And he starts banging. And he says, what's that? What color? And she looks and says, well, that's you. You are a gray parrot. The color is gray. Um, And then she goes on. 
The problem was that it messed up any mirror study we could do because she had already told him that it was that was him. But he learned the color gray that way. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think that's just like when you get to the level where you realize that you're working with a less intelligent being, but an intelligent being nonetheless. Yeah. And I use the word being as like not just an animal. Like you are working with in some ways up here and they might be she she called him her colleague that's yes, how she that's thought it. of him and okay good because if she didn't also like she because he absolutely wasn't her pet like, right good um because he because was that working. would fuck up the science yes if if uh she cared about him emotionally like a pet like she actually talked about after he died in a few interviews about how she went through like the statements of his death, like went through this and that and that. And like they started getting tons of emails and letters of condolence about his death. And the thing that set her off about like everything and made her break that barrier between being a colleague and being a friend was a five year old sent her a letter as part of a class thing. Uh, that said, my grandma died this year. I know how you feel, and I'm really sorry for you. And that just, like, kind of... Like, she was in shock, basically. Because he did mean a lot to her, but she had always held him as a colleague. Yeah, she'd had that emotional distance, and so it didn't sink in immediately. Yeah. And so, like, when she read that, and it, like, broke her that way, um, the colleague boundary fell, and she realized she lost, like, her best friend for over 30 years. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of, kind of like, I've had an experience just like that where like, um, I knew someone who was close to me who had passed away and I hadn't really fully grieved about it because I knew that that was coming, um, mm-hmm. that they were going to pass away at some point in the near future. And then I was talking to somebody about them, uh, who was also very close to them and they described how now that that person's gone that relate like they don't have that relationship in their life at all there's no one to fill that void that 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 person filled the relationship a familial relationship that could never ever be filled again and that's when it kind of hit me when i realized the the full weight and permanence because i knew that that meant for me too that there was a relationship void that was never ever going to be filled again um yeah, and it's and imagine, interesting how it's interesting how someone else's you, words can do that to you. Yeah, yeah, and imagine, yeah, like for her, like having worked with Alex for like over thirty years, and then like thirty-one, he was thirty-one when he died, but like it was over thirty years, and like yeah, just like all of a sudden, it, he's just dead, and like. You're planning because African greys can live for 49 years on average in captivity. Okay. And when she was in interviews and like written interviews, I saw before he died, she was saying things like, Yeah, like they can live to be 60. Like she only thought she was halfway done with them. Yeah. Like uh, they were actually just barely, they barely got a new grant on order in order to work on um, illusions. Like, oh, okay, okay. Like, uh, there's like the line that is equidistant for two different lines, and then on one edge of one of the lines, there are two arrows pointing inward, and on the other line, there are two arrows pointing towards the center. So on the top line, they're pointing out. Okay. And then you like basically the question is, which line is bigger, the top line or the bottom line? But they're both the same. Same. But one width. looks bigger because of because the, of the way the arrows. Train your eyes, yeah. kind of, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they were just working on that when he died. Hmm. And she was always working on getting funding. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, let's get back into these notes. Uh, she said Alex was understood to, like, understand turn-taking of communication. Oh, really? Oh, that's such a big yeah. deal. And like- sometimes even use syntax. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Holy shit. That shows an incredible level of organizational understanding. Like if like 
Oh man, <laughs> right? Yeah, we just like, we'll uh, do an episode on language sometime. We have to yeah. because like this this gets into. I, I I would love to talk to you sometime about what we lost between chimps and us by gaining language. Like basically, yeah. chimps have way better short term memory than humans. Oh yeah, like, like an the, insurmountable advantage, basically. Yeah, like there's those uh, computer screens that they t- touch the numbers one through yeah. thirteen or whatever. However, they've got it up and they don't even have to be trained that well like they just have to know what you want them to do and they can do it way better than almost any human yeah and so like the fact that the this this parrot alex yeah alex yeah has probably a much less developed and dedicated language center but is capable of that is so impressive so here's an example he called an apple a binary which a linguist friend of pepperberg's thought to be a combination of banana and cherry Two fruits he was more familiar with. And so there's, this is how it all happened. She oh had a friend with God. a parrot, and she asked him, what's your bird's favorite thing? He's like, an apple. And so they were like, okay, let's teach him the word apple. And because it's, like, easier to teach a parrot a thing that he likes to fuck with. Mm. Like, uh, like paper it holds is easier for some parrots. Like, paper things, like different types of objects. Okay. Because like, every African gray is apparently different. Right, they have a personality. Like, they have personality. And uh, um, so here, we'll get into the quote from her. And Alex, over the course of some time, doesn't want to learn Apple. And all of a sudden, he starts saying, want binary. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. So I call up one of my colleagues, a linguist, and I ask, what's the relation there? And he says, oh, well banana cherry it probably tastes a little bit like banana and it looks like a large cherry so we made up this new label then i'm going okay this is pretty cool that's really fucking that's cool. really fucking cool i mean maybe she got used to being surprised by him all the time but yeah, like that's shocking that's to me nuts um another cool example of syntax in banana. african gray parrots was like from this uh parrot named nikissi Okay. It's like N apostrophe K-I-S-I. Okay. Um, and he's supposed to have a vocabulary of like 950 words. Ooh. Um, so yeah, like actually there are like other parrots and birds who have like 2,000 word vocabularies. Jeez. But that's not what they were really trying to do with Alex. Right, right. They, they weren't, were, they weren't. That's more memorization. Yeah, that was, yeah, route memorization. Yeah, whereas like they're, they're trying to, they're trying to prove or at least demonstrate evidence of intelligent raw intelligence or like a human quality of cognition yeah or like yeah categorization and stuff like that like right actual intelligence depending on what the actual project was at the time um so but jane goodall went to visit him in 2004 nikissi and had seen uh nikissi had seen pictures of jane with chimpanzees okay (laughs) and so goodall reported when she met him and Kissy said, got a chimp? Because <laughs> <laughs> he'd like seen pictures of her with chimpanzees. And he wanted to see one. Yeah. In person. <laughs> That's so fucking cool. So like cool. he had a desire. Yeah. And understood how to make a request in English of this person he recognized from photographs. Or it's like really easy to assert that. It's very hard to prove that. It's really easy to assert that. And that's what I'm talking about with cognition. Like, I think, honestly, not just ethically, but intelligently, we need to be generous. Yeah. Like, I I view that less as a series of coincidences or the appearance of intelligent cognition and more of the product of intelligent cognition. Like, if it quacks like a duck and it looks like a duck, Occam's razor says it is a duck. And that looks like okay. intelligent cognition. Okay. Just let me play devil's advocate. For yeah. A oh, for sure. Um, we're talking about like decades and decades of studies. And sometimes they do stuff wrong and you don't say, oh, they're not intelligent. But when they do stuff right, coincidentally, probably over 30 years of work and then draw large conclusions. We're cherry picking the data. We're cherry picking. No, you're you're right. You you are right. Um, but still, it's fun to say, hey, like, like yeah, I, it, I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to. Just wanna because you're right doesn't say. mean I won't dismiss that it could be his intelligence. But you are you are right. Like that is cherry picking data. 
Um, and we should be very careful there because okay. otherwise you're going to come to f- some pretty false conclusions. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Cause we agree. Um, when he was getting tired of being tested, th- we're going back to Alex. He'd say, want to go back. Meaning he wanted to go back to his cage. Okay. Um, and in general, he would actually ask where he wanted to go by saying, want to go bl- blank, blank, wherever he wanted to go. Okay. Like want to go chair. They'd put him there. Um, but he would actually protest if he was taken to a different spot and sit quietly when he was taken to his preferred spot. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and he would actually ask, like, want a nut, want a, want a banana? Um, and I, Pepperberg actually has stories about, like, showing CEOs who are coming to MIT, uh, like, demonstrations of Alex, and <laughs> she's like, He's like, want a nut? And she was teaching him phonemes at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, he's like, want a nut after he does something right? And <laughs> she's like, no, it'll take you a minute to eat a nut. And, like, they're only here for five minutes. Like, no, come on, let's keep going. Like, this fridge magnet on the plate, like, what does this sound make? And he's like, S. And then he's like, he's like, S, want a nut. <laughs> and she's like, no, uh, do this other one. And he's like, one a nut. And a t. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But he's like, let me fucking spell it out for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what's even more awesome about it is they had taught him and n and t t, but they hadn't taught him uh. Oh. So he jumped ahead. Of their program, basically. And the idea is like the idea because they were trying to teach him phonemes and basically how to read. Okay. Like phonetics, they were trying to teach him like a child. So I wondered, basically, did he jump ahead he cognitively then and make the leap because he needed to, or did he already had he already figured that out and was just holding on to the information because yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't needful it, he didn't need to communicate it. Also, again though, I want to say that like. My it's my instinct to say that he knew what he was doing on some level, and he knew that when they communicated with him and were trying to teach him something, and the communication wasn't working, they helped. They slowed down and spelled things out. Yeah, he was like, "This communications, like, are, there's a communication breakdown mm-hmm. somewhere. I'm gonna spell it out for you." Like later on, um, later on, she got another uh, African gray named Griffin, and they were like working together, but like they were rivals and. And Alex didn't like Griffin at all. But they were, like, sitting together, and they were doing the model rival technique with Griffin. Oh, okay. And he was, like, <clears throat> trying to learn stuff. And Alex would be like, this is the answer, you bitch. And basically just spout out the answer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he would try to play model, basically. He would basically try to play model. That's funny. Yeah. He wanted to be the model rival in this scenario. <laughs> it was probably frustrating even for him to watch. Yeah. Um... And, like, another thing he did is he would always say, I'm sorry, to try if, like, the researcher displayed irritation. Oh. And, like, uh, Irene had a, had a story about, like, how she usually didn't take him home. But one time she took him home and he, like, broke a cup. And then she was, like, all pissed off, like, ah, what have you done? Like, ah. And then she's like, okay, fuck, I got to step back. This is a, this is a bird. He didn't mean to do it. And so she like held him close and was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so like basically he figured out from context, like that's what to say to try to get like to defuse the situation. Really interesting. That's yeah. wow. Like making the emotional connection to the language. That's, I don't know. That's profound. Yeah. And uh, he wouldn't always, like we said, he wouldn't always do everything right. Like, and sometimes it appeared to be on purpose. <laughs> like, once he was given several different colored bro- blocks, two red, three blue, and four green. Pepperberg asked him what color, expecting him to say blue. But as Alex had be- been asked the question before, he seemed to be bored, and he kept answering, five. <laughs> 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 and that kept occurring, that kept happening until she was like, fine, what color five? And Alex was like, none. 
See, and I think that, like, in that case, doing what because was wrong... Because five was the color, dis- yeah. Yeah, it displays um, intelligence, too, because in order to And shows, like, how wrong, they got bored. Yeah, exactly. Like, they got bored, and he just wanted to fucks around. He doesn't give a shit about your study right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have to think... He of, does like, it in eight, a way, ten hours a day. And He's this is like, where the, the five-year-old analogy comes back. In a way, you have to remember that you're dealing with somebody who doesn't necessarily have the same appetite for focus and stuff like that that you do. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to work your way around that emotionally for that. But, but also like the cool, clear concept of saying none when there were no shapes with five corners was that he understood what was happening and also understood that nothing met the description of five. Yeah. Not only so that, that like, previously discover shows like that he understands the concept of zero or nothing. Oh my goodness! Which is it, the actual takeaway, which is like weird. That is because zero took a long time For, as a concept like, to percolate through human culture. Exactly. Yeah, it's like you know, it's post-Roman. Yeah, like uh, if he was shown two keys that they looked exactly the same, what's the difference? None. None. But zero if were, difference. But there were like one was wool and one was plastic. He'd be like material or matter. Matter. Yeah, matter. Or yeah, that's color. cool. And in order to do do tests wrong on purpose, he had to know what the right answer was, and then mm. willfully get it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I we're about to get to where he dies. Mm. He died in uh, two thousand seven at the age of thirty one. Okay. Which is actually yeah, really sad because yeah, he was born we talked about it. We talked about it. He could. Uh, or like African greys in captivity can live to forty nine on average and can right. live to sixty. So that's significantly less than average. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of times we think of average as being like some sort of like higher end, but it's literally it's it's the middle. It's the middle. So like when humans live to seventy five on average, just as many humans should pass seventy five as should die before it. Yep. Um, and if you don't die before you're thirty, you should probably make it to seventy five. Make it to seventy five. Yeah. Um, so here's a quote from nature a, necrop- a necropsy is it necropsy or necropsy oh you know I necropsy. don't know I would guess necropsy a necropsy a necropsy <laughs> how many syllables does it have n-e-c-r-o-p-s-y necropsy. necropsy a necropsy performed over the weekend found no apparent cause of death Alex had seemed in fine health the day before, and no problems were found in a checkup less than two weeks earlier. That was from Nature, September 11th, 2007. Wait, really? Okay. Yeah. So do we know why they passed away? No, not really. In some, in some reports I saw, like on some pages, I saw that he had like arterial blockages. Oh. But that wasn't like, I couldn't really substantiate it. Shoot. I wonder if it had anything to do with so diet or something No, exactly like that. how he I died. I wonder if it was just like an unknown like dietary he was, issue. Honestly, like, and this is where you get into the, like, the anthropomorphizing and ch- conjecture and stuff. <clears throat> but, like, right before he died was when I think Irene was really going through the hardest time of trying to find grants and was probably spending the least amount of time with at, with Alex and like basically probably just didn't have a purpose. I don't know. It sounds cheesy, but like no, that doesn't sound cheesy to me. I mean, having worked at the animal shelter, like we got so many dogs whose owners had passed away. Like we would get a lot mm. of especially smaller dogs because older people, can, older folks can handle them. A lot of our smaller dogs would be because the owner actually passed away, and some of our cats would be that way too. And those animals would intentionally starve themselves due to depression. Oh my like God. they, they, we would have to we, in the in the worst cases, we would just have to start force feeding them uh, a kind of formula um, <sighs> through a syringe. Jesus. Um. Obviously, no needle. You just like yeah, pop yeah. it down their mouth. But but, still. but yeah, like uh, <clears throat> it was clear to me, and this is anthropomorphizing to a degree because I can't prove any of this. But it was clear to me that they had suffered a severe emotional trauma, trauma, and were po- like without assistance, probably weren't going to emotionally recuperate. Yeah. Yeah, and although that's anecdotal, I have no reason to disagree with you. Because you have a dog, and, you know how emo- yeah. how emotionally complex they are, and how connected <clears throat> she is to me personally. Exactly, yeah. 
Okay, let's let's talk about criticisms of Alex and then let's end it. Okay, yeah. Um, many in the scientific community are skeptical of her findings, pointing to Alex's communication as being operant conditioning. Okay. So okay. I have a quote from <clears throat> Wikipedia about what operant conditioning is. Um, is a learning process through which the strength of the, the of the behavior is modified by reinforcement or punishment. It is also a procedure that is used to bring about such learning. Right. It's so, like psychology 101. Basically. Yeah, like the difference between, I looked it up on Quora, I actually didn't know, difference between classical conditioning, like with Pavlov's dogs, and operant conditioning is casual, uh, classical conditioning, like Pavlov's dogs, happens without a attempt to modify the behavior. Right, right. Um, so, like, there are, like, three types of uh, response in operant conditioning. There's, like, positive affirmation. There's, like, negative affirmation. There's negative reinforcement. And there's positive re- negative reinforcement. Positive re- Oh, wait. There's positive. Let's positive go through them again. Re- there's, like, positive, positive reinforcement. Right, right. Okay, There's yeah. positive, negative reinforcement. Yep. There is... Negative, negative reinforcement, and then there is negative, positive reinforcement. So negative, negative would be like if you, if you, if the behavior is incorrect, in order to adjust the behavior, something is removed. Yes, from yes. the individual that they want, basically. Like so, yeah. so the the operant of the behavior, if negative, negative, when the when the incorrect behavior is demonstrated, you remove something. You take something away that was viewed as positive by the operative, okay, yeah. and negative positive is when they. If I'm, if I remember correctly, because this is Psych 101, that was a while ago. Yeah, if I remember correctly, thing. negative positive would be the incorrect behavior is done, and so you add something negative. Okay, yes, which causes which so, yeah, tries to correct actually, the behavior. Yeah, you're right. So like, right. if you if for instance, if a dog nips at you and you swap them, that's actually negative positive because what you did was and so add positive, something to the situation. A positive negative would be they display the correct behavior and you take away something they don't like. They don't like, yes. And then a, ne- a positive That's like the positive. most cruel in a way. Yeah, I know. Like basically you're operating under stress and then you remove the stress when they do the correct thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they uh, a lot of people say that that was kind of just like operant conditioning. Okay. Um, I can see the argument for that, especially if you weren't there to witness yeah, any of it. Over right? the over the decades. So you're being skeptical. That's the scientist's yeah. job. Yeah. Um, and then we also we already talked about clever Hans. Yeah. And like how people think that it could have been subtle cues from the questioner. But uh, Irene Pepperberg was always like, well, it doesn't matter who fucking asks him the questions. He does it about the same rate. Oh, that was the whole point. That was a pretty big good part of the point. Yeah. That, and that was a good um, that was a good foresight on her part to incorporate that. Yeah. And then in another case, there was this chimpanzee called Nim Chimsky. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, clear call out to Nam. He was thought to be using language, but there's a lot of debate about whether he simply imitated his teacher. Oh, okay. But his teacher, <laughs> Robert Terrace, the guy who worked with Nimchimsky, says he thinks Alex performed by rote rather than using language. I think this is like kind of part of how like everybody wants to shit on anybody else who's like kind of yeah giving them a bad name. Also, I was gonna yeah I was gonna um, get into this with grant writing too. I, it, Grant, the worst thing about grant writing in my mind is it pits scientists against each other because it's mm. a zero-sum game for money. Yeah. And so, like, literally it becomes about promoting yourself and and trying to shit on other scientists' work, especially in your field. Yeah, yeah. Which is detrimental, obviously, to the overall cause. Yeah. So, like, basically for what it's worth, I think I'm, like, somewhere in the middle. Like, I don't think that Alex actually understood or cognizized as well as like the Uber the Alex best fans, estimates Uber Alex fans or okay. probably even Irene her Irene Pepperberg herself I probably don't think that he's as smart or could cognizize as well as they said but I'm not going to say that it was just all route performance because kind of the science is in the pudding you know and right, she did right. it right and this, this is my opinion, and this is very, it's highly unscientific, I'll admit. It comes from an emotional level. I kind of feel like 
if there's the potential that he is an intelligent being, I kind of just don't, I feel like I don't want to there be, the, a, be a possibility of, that I shortchanged him. Yeah. It's kind of like I would rather see 10 guilty people go free than one innocent person be jailed. Yeah. I would kind of rather be called a fool for overestimating Alex's intelligence than maybe consider myself cold later on for having underestimated Alex's intelligence. But that's not scientific. Yeah, no. That's not scientific no, at that all. That's emotional. totally emotional. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but more than anything, we're winding down. I don't got anything else to say after this. Um, I just think it's really cool what a well-trained parrot could do, despite like what you think it Regardless. was actually. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like whatever you think like his abilities were, it's pretty fucking cool what he did. Yeah, dude. Like, the the uh, what was it? Binary. Yeah, mm-hmm. the binary. Yeah. That's still one of my favorites. And the the, the what color? Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. And the what color for himself in the mirror? Yeah. 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 It's all those cool are all shit. really cool examples, and it is cherry picking, but still, it provides small windows, small possible glimpses into what is otherwise like unable to like unable to know unta- unattainable knowledge. It seems like you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. hard enough one human to another. You can really only ever understand so much about another human. Yeah. In the end, you are isolated inside your own little mind. And how much more isolated you are from another species that cognizes completely differently. And has Any always had different get, motivations. And has always, exactly, is, it operates by different rules. Evolution has made them differently to operate by what benefits them and their genes best. Yeah, uh, yeah And so sure. it's, it's I, any glimpse is so beautiful to me. Yeah. I think we instead of instead of like getting all like down on ourselves about being alone and stuff like that, um, and you're like born alone and die alone in between life is a bitch. Fuck all that. Like <laughs> any glimpse you can get into any other living things, understanding and life and working, I think is so beautiful and worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, word. Whether it's a human or a parrot or whatever. Anything. Anything anything. Anything you can interact with. Yeah. Just yeah. Appreciate try it. to understand it a little bit. Yeah. It's so cool. That's a good place to stop. I think so, too. Um, that's it for this episode. Dexplanations is recorded at Rabbitpen Studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's produced, edited, and provided them sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. Art and logo and website design by Monet Moran. I want to thank all of our past and current cherished and beloved listeners on Patreon. Your support means everything to me, to us, and the show itself. If you, too, want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Dexplanations. Tell a friend to listen to your favorite episode or leave a review on iTunes. Like, all of that helps out, like, shit tons. Likely, we got a bunch of things wrong. If you want to tell us about it or you just want to bullshit, hit us up at DexplanationsPodcast at gmail.com, tweet us at Dexplanations, or comment on the Instagram. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. Oh. And as for you, your positive outlook helps me remain positive and upbeat myself. Bye now. <laughs>